I want to start off there at, at verse 22. We talked about this last week, 622, Matthew 622. This is Jesus. Um, he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? This whole section is about the proper perspective, a God-centered perspective. Now, one of the, the, the themes in Jewish uh, philosophy in that day, we talked about the eye as your filter. It was your worldview. It's what you use to take in information and what you use to interpret information. I think if Jesus were here today, what he might say is, if your head is screwed on right, was that kind of an idiom. You know, if your head is screwed on right, everything makes sense and falls into place. If things are out of whack, then you're only going to get worse and worse and worse off. So Jesus is talking about having the proper perspective. So let that soak while we talk through Matthew 25. This is a passage. Um, I'm a sinful guy. I have plenty of issues. I think that it's safe to say my number one issue, my most pervasive sin in life, the area, if I'm a follower of Jesus, where I follow his teaching the least, is what we're about to read right now. Matthew 6.25 Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious or do not worry. Here are the three ways that can be translated. Anxious, worry, concern. My grandma always says, oh, I don't worry, I'm just concerned. She says that because she knows that the Bible says don't worry, but the reality is Jesus is kind of talking about that whole thing here. She gets really concerned. <laughs> um, don't, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? Also could be translated a single inch to his height. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which, is today, which, is, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not uh, much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, because of all this, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, the pagans, the non-believers seek after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Because of this, do not be anxious or worry or be concerned about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious or worried or concerned about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Okay, so let me walk through this a little bit. I'm in the crowd <clears throat> 2,000 years ago. Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh, the man who's just performed miracle after miracle, says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry. Hold on, Rabbi. Hold on, Mr. Son of God. Mr. Heal whatever you feel like. That's easy for you to say. Five years ago, if I were sitting here teaching on this passage, I would say, yeah, don't worry about it. 
I don't spend much time worrying about much. Five years ago, I would have said that. Because five years ago, I had a wife, I had a baby, um, a baby boy who was about six months old who hit all of his milestones. Great pregnancy for me. Um, you know, nothing to worry about. Uh, my, my parents alive, married, doing well, everybody happy and healthy. Both of my parents had been cured from cancer. Um, what is there to worry about? Five years ago. March 19th, 2006, my 29th birthday, I, I preached a sermon here called My First 29 Years and, and talked about uh, how wonderful my first 29 years had been, how much God had provided for me, how I looked forward to the next 29. I was optimistic about where Polaris was headed, where my, where my life was headed, and, and anxiously awaiting the arrival of our second child because I was able to announce that my wife Kelly was pregnant with our second child. March 20th, the day after, 2006. Routine ultrasound. Doctor walks through the door with, with the ultrasound in her hand. And I'll never forget the look on her face or the way she said it. We need to talk about your ultrasound. Um, and many of you were, were there for, for this journey. Um, you know that you know, uh, the, the threat of, of, of a um, child with Down syndrome. Um, all of a sudden now... A life free of worry. Um, that was the day. I could trace it back to March 20th, 2006, when, when, when my life and my amount of worry. That was the day that I that I no longer could easily say, "Hey, you know what? Let's just listen to Jesus and not worry." Um, and then uh, in September, um, when we gave birth to Lexi, and she did have Down syndrome. Um, eight days after that, uh, my, my, my baby uh, died in my arms. Um, when I was holding her on a Saturday morning, she at some point quit breathing. And I don't know, you know how long I was there holding her, thinking she was asleep. Um, and, and you know what? Once you realize that your child is, is not exempt and that you're not exempt, um, I worry about everything. And when Jesus tells me, don't worry, it brings me very little comfort. Um, so this is just one of those things that, that, that I, I worry a lot. And, and you have things. We have job losses. We have finances. We have foreclosures. We have family members with cancer. Maybe you have cancer yourself. We have, you know, we have kid problems and, and, and older kids, grown kids, making all kinds of decisions. And there is just a lot in life going on. And yet this rabbi, this son of God, this miracle maker, tells you and me, don't be anxious about your life. Don't be concerned. Don't worry. He says, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and body more important than clothing? So, so what I think Jesus is doing here is, is um, what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. He's talking about the essentials of life. Now, I think there are, there are two kinds of warriors. How many of you are warriors? Okay. handful of you, half, about half would say, yes, I am a warrior. I fit that category. Um, there are two kinds of warriors. There are those who worry about stuff, like money and, and provision, 
And then there are those who don't worry about that at all. They worry about everything else. And that's me. I don't worry much about stuff and money. I worry about the rest of life. So um, Jesus seems to be dealing here in the first go-around with people who worry and stress about provision, about money and savings and things like that. Now, now Jesus... This is, a, this is a continual theme for Jesus. And he says, when you start to worry about things, provision, you, get fo- you lose focus on what's most important in life. Turn with me, if you have your Bible, to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, um, verse 13, and we're going to see that this isn't the only time, the Sermon on the Mount here isn't the only time that Jesus addressed this. Um, Luke 12, 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, Rabbi, tell my brother uh, to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced plentifully, and he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Then see if you recognize this. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat. But your body, what you'll put on. For life is more than food, and the body's more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his life? If then you are not able to do as small thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. Tell you, neither Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like one of those. Uh, but if God so clothes, and, and he goes on, and you can tell that was not a one-time teaching from Jesus. He had that pretty much memorized. So he knows that all of his crowds can benefit from this. And this he links with a parable. But then he, he goes on and, and, and he says, um, um, down in, in 32, he says, Fear not, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions. Give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old. With a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Okay. Typical Jesus here. I don't know how to tell you to apply this. Because there are passages in Scripture, like in Proverbs, that talk about the ant who stores up for himself in times of plenty so that he has things in times of need. Yet here Jesus is saying, sell your possessions, give to the poor. The ravens don't store anything. God provides for them. 
So somehow there is a balance here because like, like how many of you follow Ramsey? Handful of you. Now you don't know whether to admit it or not because you don't know where I'm going. Um, I think, you know, Ram- Ramsey, from what I know of him, has some solid things to say. There's this statement, though, um, live like none other now so that someday you can live like none other. And, and then I look at Jesus saying here, talking about this attitude of someday I'm going to live like none other because everything's paid off and I have plenty in savings and things like that. I'm not ready to write off the, the storehouse and tell you to cash out your 401ks because we need to live like the ravens. At the same time, here's this seed that Jesus plants in our heart ready to explode into action. And, and, and I, think, I think when we link it with worry, what we can simply say is this. It's probably not the action of savings that's the problem. It's probably when that savings comes from an obsession of self-provision. Because deep down, you really doubt that God will provide. Because Jesus said that worry about stuff is a faith problem. He says, oh, you of little faith, why do you worry about self-provision? So somehow there's a balance there, and I can't really help you beyond, um, you know, you need to not take your first inclination. Oh, no, no, for me it's just all about stewardship. I just want to be a good steward. Look past that. And ask yourself if your worry and your desire to provide large storehouses is really about stewardship or maybe it's a lack of trust and only you and God can work that out. Okay, one more thing that I want to cover here um, and I'm going to have to do so fairly quickly. Um, Jesus says, and this is for the rest of us that worry about everything else all these uncontrollables, the health of our children, the health of ourselves, the health of our parents, the decisions our kids make, things like that, okay? Jesus says, who by worrying can add an hour to his lifespan? And if you can't do this, simple thing, why do you worry about the rest of it? This for me, you want to talk about a champion warrior. I mean, it's in, my, it's in my DNA, and it's also in my life experience. I am a worrier. This, for me, is the only thing. You want to talk about something practical that can make a difference. For me, this is my only thing that helps me with my worry. Worry, by its very nature is a problem of perspective. It's when we lose sight. Jesus says, you can't change a thing, and that's small. It's like he says, do you know how adding an hour to your life, how small of a deal that is to God? You can't do it. You aren't able to do that, but that's a small deal to God. So why are you worrying about the rest? Worry is a problem of perspective. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to picture the scope of everything that you worry about. Is it the size of a city? Is it the size of a mountain? All of your worries. And watch this video. This video was a life changer for me. And if I need to move this, tell me. Do I need to move this? Okay. Do we have sound or... or? Okay. This is is an area in California, and he's zooming up now to 10,000 feet. Kilometers. 
There we like go. if you climb Mount Everest, this is what you'd see. You'd see the curvature of the Earth from that distance. Now you're going to climb up even higher. This is at 100 kilometers. And you're a fourth of the way to the space station now. This is what you'd see. If you get to this level, you're considered an astronaut. Just if you ever get there. Okay, now we're going 100,000 kilometers. 100,000 kilometers from the Earth. You're a fourth of the way to the moon. That's what the Earth would look like. Now we're going to pull away to a million kilometers. At a million kilometers, there's the moon. Okay? There's the moon. You can barely see the Earth. You're at a million kilometers now. You're past the, past the moon. And uh, now we're going to go to 100 million kilometers. 100 million kilometers. You're still not to the sun. The sun's 93 million miles away. But now we're going to go to 10 trillion kilometers. Ten, there's the sun. Okay. You just passed the sun. Now you would see all of the planets at 10 trillion kilometers. And now we're at 10 to the 15th power. That means 10 with 15 zeros. I don't know what that number is. 15 zeros. And the sun's just like a bright dot amidst other stars. And now we're going to 10 light years away. At 10 light years away. Come on, let's go. Zoom. There you go. 10 light years away. Now you just see the sun with like 11 other stars that are kind of its neighbors. You know, that, 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 that's our sun. And now we're going to go 1,000 light years away. At 1,000 light years away, you, you wouldn't even see our sun anymore. These are just a bunch of stars close to it in this cluster inside the Milky Way. Now we're going to zoom out even further, and that's the Milky Way we live in. See that cluster of stars? Those are about 100,000 stars that are closest to our sun. You can't see our sun anymore at this point. Now this is our Milky Way galaxy, and forget about the Earth. Okay, there's our Milky Way galaxy that we live in. Um, and we're just buried in there somewhere. And we're going to pull out even further. And you'll see that our galaxy is actually, it's, it's a big galaxy. And, uh, and all those other things you're seeing now are galaxies. And we're going to pull away 10 million light years now. His next scene is 10 million light years. Those are all galaxies you see amidst our Milky Way, several hundred galaxies. Now we're going to go 100 million light years away. This is the last one. We're going to zoom out to 100 million light years. Those are all clusters of galaxies. Galaxies and clusters of galaxies. You won't even see our Milky Way galaxy anymore amidst that. We don't have telescopes that go beyond that little sphere there. <coughs> Does that make you feel very, very, very small? That's the... That's the first thing that, that I thought of when I saw that. You know, I mean, we're, we're centered in there because that's from our telescopes, which are centered in the middle of that. Um, and that's, you know, a reconstruction of the, of the universe from our... But, I mean, we could be in some, like, up, upper left corner of what's really out there uh, and you just you think about God is outside of that and inside of that and above that and beyond that and created that. How huge is God? How small are we? And take all the things that we think about and worry about and all the scope of our whole existence 
in light of the vastness of all that there is. And it helps me understand why worry really is just one big loss of, of, of perspective of things. I was thinking the other day, you know, if this is, if everything we have to know about the world that we live in now, if this is everything there is to know, how much do we know of everything there is to know? We know maybe that much of the world, maybe that much of everything there is to know in this world, probably not even that much. Then you go solar system. If this is the solar system, do we know that much of everything there is to know in our solar system? And then you go galaxy and universe, and we probably get it down to we know about that much that there is to know about the universe. All the knowledge in human history, all the knowledge on the Internet right now, is that much that there really is to know. And then you think about God who is bigger than all that. And, and, and all we have is that. A God that is bigger than the universe itself, and that's what we have. And even the language in Scripture talks about God being unfathomable. And I just had this image of, if you were, if, if you were in the middle of an ocean, water as far as the eye can see and as deep as the eye can see, and, and you just had this little glass, like you know, like a shot glass. And, and one of the waves just kind of rolled by and filled up the shot glass with water. And you know, didn't take anything from the wave, didn't take anything from the ocean. It wasn't even it just just a wave went by and filled it up. That's how much we know about God compared to what there is to know. So we swim in this ocean of God knowing very, very, very little about his greatness and about his, his power. And we lose perspective of that, thinking we know enough to worry, thinking we are enough to worry, doubting the magnitude of God and, 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 and losing that perspective. And Jesus finishes off by saying that, that don't worry about tomorrow, it'll worry about itself. Today, you seek God in his kingdom, and you'll be taken care of. And I think more than anything, worry robs us of today. The Bible says, this is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. God has given us today a day to love him, a day to love those around us, a day to live in his kingdom, a day to join him in his work. And when we lose perspective of who God is and get focused on the stupid things around us or the significant things around us, ultimately we have lost eternal perspective. We have lost perspective of who we are. We've lost perspective of God's plan for our life. And worst off, we've lost perspective of God. So wherever you are today, I would just encourage you to to learn to the right eye, as Jesus would say. You are focused on an eternal life with God that never ends, so there is that future that's out there. One day I'm going to walk in the presence of God and my daughter Lexi. But until that day, in spite of all that life throws at me, I have each day as a gift to live here, to live in the presence of God and in the presence of others, to join God in his work and his kingdom, and the promise that on an eternal scope, 
If I focus on that, God will provide everything I need. And then one million years from now, when I am still in the presence of God and still in the presence of my wife and Lexi and and hopefully my children and those that I love, one million years from now, all of the things that distracted me from God's work will be nothing. And yet the work that I was able to do alongside of God because I lived for today will still live on one million years from now.